You're listening to the feed. This is the feed. This is the feed. The feed. You're listening to the feed. In Markham. In Richmond Hill. You're listening to the feed in Vaughan. In Stouffville. In Woodbridge. In Unionville. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez, and this is The Feed. We're York Region's only news magazine show dedicated to the issues, the events, the stories that matter to all of us who live and work here. Coming up, we take you inside the Family Resource Center in Thornhill and learn more about their drop-in program and their free homework club. Also on the show, if you have discarded toys at home, Hasbro has a recycling program just for you. But we begin with a look ahead to Remembrance Day, and we are honored to feature Ann Romer's conversation with the General. Remembrance Day is on Monday. It is a day to reflect, to remember, to review, and to react. It's also a day to learn about the past, to embrace the present, and look forward to the future. Remembrance Day means something different to everyone. I'm live right now with my father, Major General Richard Romer, retired. And, Dad, thank you for joining us on 105.9 The Region. And I think that you want to embellish a little bit what your uh, exact titles are. Well, I'll embellish to this extent. I am now the Honorary Lieutenant General of the Canadian Armed Forces. That's my role. No one else has it. It's uh, a role whereby I am... uh, ceremonial, if you will, but I am the Honorary Lieutenant General. That's the highest rank in the military, with the exception of the Chief of Defense Staff, who was four-star. I'm only a three-star, but in any event, it gives me lots of latitude and the opportunity to participate in things officially, and that's what I'm doing this weekend. And no place to uh, add any extra medals. I, When we see you ready to go on any military jaunt, uh, you are quite an astonishing sight, Dad. Well, I have quite a few. I have more fundamentally than uh, anyone at the moment, and they're all over my uniform jacket. <laughs> and uh, as the Honorary Lieutenant General, uh, that is the uniform that I do wear. It's uh, Air Force. And it's uh, on the sleeve is one broad band uh, with two above it. That it signifies my rank as a lieutenant general. And then I have a red sash on it as well, which is from Napoleon, because the French gave me the uh, Legion of Honor, which he created when he was alive. And uh, it has a sash that goes with it. And my row of medals... Uh, the big ones sit on top of that as well, and wings and oh, all kinds of stuff. So it's okay, but central to it all today in my uniform is the poppy. It's a handmade poppy that I received many moons ago from a, an ancient lady who made it, and it's my treasured poppy. Let's go back in time. Why did you enlist? Why did you choose the Air Force? The Air Force was very simple. I had wanted to fly... From the time I was about four years old, we were living in uh, Buffalo, my parents and I, and I saw an airplane and I became entranced by it. So all of my life I've been really involved in airplanes, and when it came to the war, I wanted to be a pilot. And I wanted to be a fighter pilot or fighter reconnaissance pilot. So when it came time to enlist, 
I turned up in London, Ontario on my 18th birthday and completed the forms for an application that was done. And I was in the Royal Canadian Air Force on my 18th birthday, which is a long time ago. (laughs) Dad, and I'm going to be very personal at this point, and if you don't mind, uh, there were other... Uh, reasons that you uh, chose to do what you did. It was, in a sense, to prove yourself to um, your father. Oh, yes. Well, my father and I had a combative relationship, uh, largely, and uh, he had been a great athlete in his time and a very successful businessman. And he played football for the Hamilton Tigers when he was very young and did lacrosse and everything else. And I was about half his size when I grew up, and so He didn't think that I had much of a capability from a sports point of view. On top of that, out of Fort Erie High School, where I went to high school, our junior team won the Ontario Championship in 1939, and I was the fullback. So I was uh, part of the competitive group who grew up playing football and basketball and all that. So when it came time to volunteer for the military, because we were in the middle of the Great War, uh, it was my choice to, to try to be what I wanted to be, and that was to be a pilot. And, of course, that's exactly what I had, what I was able to do. A man of, ahead of his time, that is for sure. And the military, it, from my observation, having watched you as I grew up, and I still continue to grow up, but it is a, it is a perfect fit for you. You, the military, a perfect fit. Well, it certainly was something that I enjoyed, and I, in wartime, did did a reasonable job. I did 135 low-level reconnaissance missions over enemy territory with the enemy because we were so low in our Mustang fighters shooting at us all the time. But it was a, a great learning experience, I can tell you that. And the whole of the wartime affair... Uh, was exactly that. I had two major things that occurred. The first one was that I, in my process when I was in England uh, at the beginning of 1944, I met the great General Patton, a great famous American general. And then subsequently during my tour of operations over uh, enemy territory, I caught a, a staff car that didn't stop for me. I would be in section of four, um, and I was not permitted to shoot him up with my guns, but I reported him to uh, our radio station behind our lines, and they sent in a Spitfire and shot up his car, and it was Field Marshal Rommel, the great American, uh, great, the great uh, German general, leader of the German forces against us on D-Day, and just was an outstanding man. So I met the top general of the Americans who was patented by recognition and on the other hand I met uh, Phil Marshal Rommel and brought in the Spitfire to shot up his car and took him out of the war. How did that and how did that change the course of the war? Well it changed the course because he was the leader of the German forces against us from D-Day on in in Normandy and uh, Holland and all the rest a brilliant man, and he had done his uh, duty in uh, in Africa. He was famous by all means, 
but his leadership was outstanding, just quite remarkable. And to have him taken out by being injured that day uh, meant that the, the leadership against us in Normandy and, and Belgium and Holland uh, was severely diminished, severely diminished. And the man who was sent in von Kluge, also a field marshal to replace him, could not perform at all with the capability that Rommel. So this was a major event in terms of the in favor of the Allies catching him and taking him out. What will you be thinking about on Remembrance Day at the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month? What I usually think about is my colleagues and my squadron, 430 squadron, find the Mustangs low-level from D.A. straight on through to the march into Germany. I think of my my squadron mates who were lost to us. It was one of the hard parts of flying, flying in a fighter squadron that was operational. The Germans were shooting at us with their anti-aircraft weaponry all the time. I got hit only once, but seriously. And to lose someone and bury him and all this kind of stuff is really difficult. So I, I think of the, the, the pals that I lost and buried, and one of them uh, was a particular a lad called Red Moore, whom we lost on D-Day plus about seven. Yeah, we couldn't find his grave. We ultimately did. And uh, so he's the, uh, the one I think about most. But there are several others as well that go into my memory bank, and I get an image of, of each of them, and I think about them on, uh, on the Remembrance Day. That's the time you remember and think about people like that. General Richard Romer, my father, lest we forget, thank you for all you have done. Thank you, sweetheart, and we continue to hope, I hope, do more. Thank you once again to the Romers for joining the feed. We continue our look ahead to Remembrance Day with Jim Lang's conversation with a local vet. Uh, well, since back to after World War One, before World War II, Sunnybrook Hospital in Toronto has been a leader in this country in taking care of veterans. And I'm thrilled to be speaking to uh, someone who did serve this country proudly. Richard, how are you, sir? I'm fine today. That's good. That's good. How does Remembrance Day bring the veterans wing together at Sunnybrook? Uh, I guess really you can say the poppy does it. Uh, it it uh, it's a, a moment of. Uh, Togetherness, uh, solidarity, uh, right across the country. It's one time uh, in two weeks that uh, instead of being so diverse as we are, we all pull together like we did in World War One, World War Two. Well said. I, I know Remembrance Day means a lot of different things to different people. My father served for over thirty years in the RCAF. What does it mean to you, sir? Oh, uh, well, I, I was the career Navy guy. I. I joined the Navy when I was 17 years old. Wow. Uh, just at the end of World War II. And I intended my whole life to be devoted to the Navy and my country. What kind of ships or what ships did you serve on? What are some of the ships that people may know? Um, well, I, um, in Korea, I served in a, in a destroyer, HMCS Nutka, 
And through my career, I served in three of our aircraft carriers, but also mostly in destroyers. That's amazing. Um, how does the Poppy campaign help and affect everyone in the Veterans Wing at Sunnybrook? Well, uh, I think we're all behind it. It gets. Uh, I'm up on the front line, up in the main hospital every day. I'm be going up there this afternoon, and uh, it's it's uh, it's. I have great pride in doing it. Um, it's amazing talking to the people coming by. Uh, you, you just see as the day, as the days and and the weeks go by, more and more people are wearing the poppy. Uh, practically everybody is in red, and uh, that that to me uh, shows great solidarity. Richard, it must make your heart feel good to see young Canadians, new Canadians, Canadians of all different colors and backgrounds embrace the concept of wearing the poppy to pay tribute to the veterans. That, that's, I think, one of the big things. All colors and creeds come by there, and they stop and talk to you, and uh, you tell them about your experience, and you thank them for coming to Canada and making it their home. That's amazing. Uh, how can people listening be a part of the Poppy Campaign at Sunnybrook if they want to do something to help and pay tribute, Richard? Well, uh, we're, it's, it's an in- interesting uh, um, uh, experience because here uh, we have people on the front line that are over 100 years old. They're out there selling poppies this morning, 98, 99, 100 years old. And uh, they still want to do their things. But there are people that uh, that just don't feel up to it. There are people that have passed away who were regular uh, poppy taggers, they call them. And, uh, uh, but we're all into it. Ready, I ready. Go Navy. Richard, thank you so much for your service to this great country. It's, uh, we did what we had to do. Thank you, Richard. I hope this is a good Remembrance Day for you, and I hope we saw a lot of poppies this year. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, my pleasure. We remember on 105.9 The Region. This is The Feed on 105.9 The Region. Our next story takes us inside the Family Resource Center in Thornhill. Amber Pay with the unique services they provide. I'm joined now with Sharon Feldman, who's the supervisor of the Family Resource Center in Thornhill, talking about all of the amazing things that happen at uh, the Family Resource Center. And you have mentioned that there is a drop-in program for, for kids that are babies to five years of age. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, one of the biggest programs that we run at the Family Resource Center is our Family Drop-In, which is a program for adult caregivers and their children. So it can be a grandparent, parent, um, a caregiver, a family member with a child or children under the age of five to come together Monday through Friday. We're open all day. And it's to play together, to learn about play skills, to meet other families in the community. And uh, the staff that we have at the FRC is highly trained and skilled in all things related to caring for young children. So they can give you advice on uh, play skills, on appropriate materials to play with, how that helps brain development. Uh, we do a music circle twice a day so that we can help educate parents on music interaction with their children and the positive benefits of that. We have a uh, lending library for parenting skills on virtually 
literally everything you can imagine. And we run parenting courses as well. But the drop-in program uh, is open from 9.30 in the morning until 4.30 in the afternoon. We close for lunch. But basically, a family can come in the morning and they can spend the entire day with us and just play with their child and socialize with other parents in a very open-ended, warm and friendly environment that's open to the whole community. So it's not drop your child off and leave. It's not a babysitting service per se. It's a whole family unit community area. And you are located uh, in the Promenade Shopping Centre, I should mention, in the office wing. Yes. So okay. That's the third floor of the Promenade. Yes. So that's it's drop in. It's not drop, <laughs> drop off. off. And do you have a limit of how many kids you can have in there? Is it a large space for them? It's a larger space compared to some of the other um, programs out there that are for families to come together. Uh, but our capacity is 60 bodies, um, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of people. So right. we, we do have, on a Friday, often we'll have about 30 families that will come, uh, which is usually, you know, an adult and a child. So that's wow. about 60 that's people. About, that's a lot mm-hmm. of people. And it's not just for those that are in Thornhill, either. It's it's for the entire York region, Woodbridge, uh, Richmond Hill, Markham. Anyway. Yeah. Anybody in the York region can come. You have a lot of other things that you were saying, you know what, it's it's kind of a big disservice that people actually don't know the other things that we have yes. to offer here. And I've looked at some of them. The free homework club, I would have loved something like that, trying to progress through my childhood and into my teenage years as well. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Is it certain ages or levels or? Mm-hmm. So so the, the, the Family Resource Center is... It's a partnership between Jewish Family and Child, which is a social service agency, and the um, JCCs, which is a community center. So it's a combination in terms of the management. So we're run by an organization that is a cradle-to-grave organization. And the FRC, the Family Resource Center, really represents that. So we, while we have the drop-in program, which is designed, as I said, for young families, we have programming that goes up into seniors as well. So the Homework Club, which is one of the programs you mentioned, uh, is a free program, a free tutoring program that's facilitated by volunteers that are screened and vetted through the agency. And there, it's twice a week. So once a week, it is for grades four through eight. And then once a week, it's for high school students. And the beautiful thing about it, actually, is that you can also come to the FRC and become a tutor if you're in grade 11 or grade 12 to fulfill your 40 hours of volunteer service that you need to graduate. Uh, you can come and be a volunteer if you're in grade 11 or 12 on a Wednesday night where we service the grades 4 through 8. Right. And you can also come on a Tuesday night as a student, as a high school student, to get volunteer support from the tutors that are there. Sorry, I would imagine that parents want to come because <laughs> if you have a child trying to figure out math and you have no idea either as a parent, and I'm the worst in math. So the parents don't get support there, <laughs> although I like that idea. And now that you're mentioning it, Amber, yeah. maybe I should start to come up with a way for us to have parent support. Yeah. A lot of the parents do we all know I mean I've raised three children myself and I know what it's like to have kids come home with especially math I'm guilty especially math where I have no idea what what the math is Um, so we try to recruit volunteers that have skill sets in math and science because those are generally but the the thing about the homework club it is it's facilitated by volunteers. So these are, mm-hmm. um, what's interesting is on the Wednesday night where we have our lower level, our grade four through eight, 
the volunteers that come to us to join as a volunteer, they tend to be people, you know, maybe in teacher's college or they've just graduated. They're waiting for their full-time work. They're looking to get into social work masters. Right. They want to fill out their resume a little bit and they want to be giving back in uh, in a social service capacity so that they can get that reference letter and sure. also for that sense of community. The volunteers that we have on the Tuesday night, which is for the high school students, those tend to be more retired teachers. I've, I have a retired principal who is phenomenal. Um, I have a lawyer, an accountant. So these are older people in the community that are just looking for a way to give back. Yeah. And, and they've been coming as volunteers for years to this program. Oh. The, the the FRC has been around since 2000. We're going to have our 20th anniversary in January, in, in January of this coming year. Um, so the program's been ongoing, and I still have parents who come to me or, or community members that will come in and say, I had no idea that this program that this was, was here. Because we don't do a lot of advertising. As I said, the capacity is 60. We're often at capacity in our drop-in. We're often, you know, full in our homework club. But I do feel that the community should know that the programs are exist are in existence so that they can reach a wider breadth of people. And as you said, we have people who come from not just the catchment in Thornhill, but we have drop-in families that are coming from North York that are coming by bus to the mm-hmm. center and spending a whole day there. And it's a, it's a nice place to sort of connect it. And you have the uh, conversation cafe as well. Yes. That's where people can sort of brush up on their on their English. Am yeah. I am I right? They're, yes, exactly. They're new to uh, speaking English and connecting with other people who are like-minded yes. and practicing almost. Right. So another program that's also volunteer-run is our Conversation Cafe that's Tuesday mornings. And <clears throat> it's typically seniors because it's a morning and uh, they come to the, vol- to the conversation classes to gain their confidence in their English skills. The hope is that they will have taken some English classes before joining the Conversation Cafe. But we have a beginner group, an intermediate group, and an advanced group supported by, again, volunteer volunteers who are just coming to engage in the community. And they come with table topics, and they just encourage the groups to have conversations and practice their English. And the, the last one that you really wanted to focus on as well was the clothing cupboard. Yeah. And that is basically a gently used clothing drop-off. Families can drop off their um, gently used clothing and shoes to our center. Um, people who are kind of repeat donors know that they can just drop a small bag outside of the door, mm-hmm. and we will bring it in as as we're there. Uh, but it's a social service program for women and children who are in transition or in need, and we have our coordinator of the program who is there, and she meets with families one-on-one um, and helps wardrobe build, helps educate families who are new to Canada on the kinds of clothing they need season to season because a family who comes here from Syria may not understand what the weather um, requirements are for their children. And she'll generally meet with a family every couple of months for about 18 months to just help them understand the clothing requirements here. And it's a free service to any member of the community. As I said before, even though the, the... Family Resource Center is uh, is managed by the Jewish community. It's open to the entire population mm-hmm. of of, um, of this you know anyone in the city, but obviously Vaughan because that's where we are, and uh, we service everyone in the community that's in amazing. that way. And we're actually starting. We're just about to start this fantastic program that we're so um, excited about. We were. Uh, selected by Immigration and Refugees Canada, IRCC, to be one of the eight hosts of a intergenerational 
program for newcomer seniors, matching them with a preschooler for weekly play dates. And so they're studying the mental health benefits, which some of us know if you've seen. There's a lot of literature out there um, and programs around the world that are intergenerational. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of science to support the positive mental health benefits for the seniors. Oh, I could just imagine that. And so this program is for um, senior newcomers in particular. So eight sites were chosen across Canada um, through an organization called Families Canada, of which we're a part. And each of the sites has a different demographic that they service. So because we're in Vaughan, we have a lot, very multicultural um, group mm-hmm. around Thornhill. So we're just at the end of our recruitment stage to get our numbers. We needed 15 newcomer seniors and 15 children. The children were easy to get. Yes. Families have signed up for that. Yes. They're waiting to start. Um, getting the newcomer seniors was more challenging than we thought, but we just finished our last round of, of um interviews with them. We have very low literacy, so there's going to be virtually no language that happens, no um, no verbal, right. oral language. Um, it's just going to be play. It's a little bit like adopt a grandparent right. from, the, from the child's perspective. We're hoping that um, I said it was going to be kind of like a speed dating round the right. first week, that they're going to self-select a little <laughs> partnership, and then they're going to grow that relationship week to week. So the parent obviously stays. Um, it's for toddlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the parent is really there to facilitate that relationship between the newcomer senior and the child. And, and we're so looking forward to starting the program, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, and just seeing how these relationships flourish. Oh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun because you can learn so much from each other and it also yeah. it doesn't always have to be verbal. It can just be almost a lesson in patience yes. and uh, respect yes. on both sides as and well. And expression and all expression, the nonverbal right. um, communication. Which and is so fun and laughter, yeah. that kind of thing. So that sounds yeah. really and healthy too. The best kept secret in York Region. Mm-hmm. This is the Family Resource Center. It's in Thornhill. It's in the office wing, the Promenade Shopping Center and supporting young families in York York Region. Sharon Feldman, thank you. You're listening to The Feed on 105.9 The Region. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez. Remember, if you missed any part of our show, head over to 1059theregion.com for a replay. Something else that is worthy of a replay? Discarded Toys. Afwaba with Hasbro's Toy Recycling Program. If you have a gently used toy at home that you're thinking it's not being used so you want to throw it away, don't. You can donate it to a toy recycling program. Joining me to talk about the toy recycling program is Greg Ferguson, Vice President of Marketing with Hasbro Canada. Greg, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. All right, so let's begin by telling our listeners a little bit about Hasbro Toys, its history, and what favorites is it responsible for? Great. Uh, Hasbro has been around uh, since 1923. It was actually started in the U.S., and uh, we've been in Canada for many decades now, and we're more likely re- um, recognized as far as having brands like Monopoly, Scrabble, Connect Four, uh, Nerf, Play-Doh, Baby Alive, Mr. Potato Head, so lots of favorites that everybody grew up with over time. Ah, the Iconics. Okay, I loved Connect Four when I was growing up. Loved it. So then if you could let our listeners know a little bit about the toy recycling program. Okay, so we just launched it in Canada a couple of weeks ago, and basically it's in partnership with TerraCycle. So you would go to uh, TerraCycle's website at TerraCycle.com, and it's free to join. Uh, You collect your toys, you print off a packing slip, And shipping is free. It's sent back to TerraCycle where they will break it down into all of the 
different components, and it'll be turned into everything from flower pots to park benches to components for accessible playgrounds. That is awesome. When and how did it start? We started it as a pilot program last year in the United States, and uh, it was so successful that we've rolled it out in uh, multiple countries over the last year. So we're uh, it, TerraCycle is a great company, and they've uh, they've got a lot of different categories that they uh, participate in. And we're the first big toy company to be uh, to be partnered with them. Awesome. Okay, that's wonderful news. So I know that you uh, briefly explained it. If you could just go through it a little bit once more uh, as to how listeners can participate and learn more about this program in particular. Great. Okay, so you would go to TerraCycle.com. And uh, from there, you can search for, for Hasbro and, or Toy Recycling. You can find it in the, uh, the different search um, mechanisms on their site. You would uh, essentially register and to, to join and print off a, um, a, a waybill, load up your product into a box and ship it back for free, and uh, TerraCycle will take that in and, uh, and break it down into all the different components. Okay, and does this program apply to all toys, including plush, electronic, and board games? It applies to board games, plush, electronics, everything. Um, we do ask that uh, batteries are not part of that. They're not accepted. Um, we don't accept uh, play pens, car seats, things like that, but those aren't typically things that uh, Hasbro provides or has created. Um, but we do take uh, metal, plastic, wood toys and games, action figures, dolls, plush, everything. And is there a shelf life on the toy? I mean, if the toys may be 10 years or older, would you still accept it, or does it have to have a particular time in terms of how old the toy is? It, it has no no time frame on how old the toy is, and certainly, you know, when uh, you know, sometimes people with their older toys they like to to uh, donate them, and that's totally fine. But at some a certain point, it's been loved enough that it's time for it to uh, to to be passed on to a recycling. A facility, and this is a perfect way to be able to uh, take care of it. Awesome. Fair enough. Okay. And then, of course, with the holiday season just around the corner, what are the hot toys uh, expected for this season? Well, certainly uh, being a little bit biased, we are definitely seeing great excitement around brands like Beyblade. Um, Frozen 2 is coming out shortly in theaters, and, and we've got a great product line around that, as well as Star Wars uh, the final chapter of the Skywalker saga, and then some new innovation in Nerf and Baby Alive and some great new games that we've got coming out in, uh, in Monopoly uh, and Ms. Monopoly. So we're, we're pretty excited for the, the season ahead. Awesome. Okay, so some great uh, gifts and uh, toys to look forward to for this holiday season. And, of course, if there are some old, gently used toys that you have at home, um, and the, the toy recycling program is a great option in terms of uh, giving the toy another life, if you will. Greg, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. You're listening to The Feed on 105.9 The Region, where we share stories, issues, and events from across York Region, including a preview of the High Notes Gala. Coming up on Friday, November 22nd at the Heinzman House in Thornhill was something that's uh, grown in a lot of ways and has brought a lot of joy to people's life. It is something really cool around here we like. It's the 
High Notes Gala for Mental Health by High Notes Avante, and thrilled to be speaking with uh, Ingrid Tahari, who's a big part of it, and the, the I guess the glue that holds this thing together to promote mental health awareness in York Region. Ingrid, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much, Tim. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. In, in this day and age of trying to be uh, bring awareness to mental health, um, to make sure people are seeking the help that they need, and these events like this, especially with someone as amazing as Luba Goy, does so much good in the community. How much pride do you feel knowing that you're helping so many people every time you put on this event? Well, I guess I'm a little bit proud. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's why it keeps me going, uh, even if this is actually a volunteer position. But it's, it's really nice to get feedback from people. And I honestly almost quit it because sometimes we go up against a lot of obstacles. But, you know, people tell me to keep on going and they come up with some advice and funding. And, you know, somehow we amazingly have survived about six, seven years now. So we're well, still going. Oh, and you yeah. should be commended, Ingrid, for doing that. It's not easy to keep it going year after year. But and unfortunately, and a lot of people talk about in this day and age, we need more mental health um, awareness and, and voices than ever before to let people know it's okay to say, hey, I think I need some help. I need some counsel. I need to talk to somebody. Absolutely. And that's what it's all about. We, I, it's, this is actually not a gala event. I just want to correct that little part. It's, oh, more an, it's okay. It's a small community image racer. Mm-hmm. So. I like to call it an image raiser because, yes, we do want to raise a little bit of funds, but it's so uh, important to raise the image, the image of mental illness, mm-hmm. because if we raise the image to the same level as having cancer, being a cancer survivor or having diabetes and, you know, getting, then you can have a much more open conversation about it. Uh, so many times people tell me stuff and they say, don't, please don't tell anybody I, because yeah. they are ashamed and they're embarrassed. Um, but, you know, that's what we're trying to change. We should talk about it. We should share each other's experiences because then we can help each other and then we can get the help that we need. And if we waste the image, then the people who like to sponsor things and support things uh, will also do that and advocate for it. And there will be more funding coming to mental health in hospitals and therapy and all that stuff that really is needed. Very, yeah. very much so, Ingrid. Yeah. The, the event itself on Friday, November 22nd has a bit of everything. Music, food and drink, a live and silent auction, um, mm-hmm. using the power of music and words to put a spotlight on mental health. You can get details and tickets at High Notes Avante, A-V-A-N-T-E dot C-A, High Notes Avante dot C-A. And the fact that Luba Goy gives her time and mm-hmm. energy to something like this, and she is an icon of Canadian acting and comedy and the arts, it's, it's, it's pretty special. It's, it's super special. It's touching. It's, uh, it, it, it's amazing to have met all these wonderful people I would never have met. I actually just admired them before because of what I'm doing. But it also means it's uh, mental illness is not something that you're protected from just because you happen to have, be a famous actress or because you are rich or because you have uh, other things going for you. It's something that touches us all, including Lou Bagoy. Um, I, she has shared in the past that her father actually died by suicide. So that's just one of the reasons that she is so... Um, strong in her support for mm-hmm. us because she really also wants to help uh, at a tragedy like this to happen in the future. I, and but I can remember vividly, Ingrid, when, mm-hmm. when we found out that Robin Williams took his life. Yeah. And everyone thought he was the happiest, funniest guy yeah. in the world, but you just don't know sometimes. No, you don't know what's going on behind somebody's outside surface, and that's why we all have to be more compassionate to each other and uh, really 
just talk and open up. Yeah, and I think it's fantastic. And I, and I do like the, the, the concept that music can change the world and using music to help us all. How did you, I guess, try to marriage the idea of music helping people deal with their mental health? Well, music has so many reasons for being part of this. So music has been proven to uh, be healing. We're actually starting a choir in the new year, so part of the funds that we're raising is going to go towards that. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and research shows that um, participating in a community kind of music making, including singing, produces hormones, happy hormones that, you know, is good for your mental health, it's for, good for so much else, but makes you feel like you belong. And, you know, when... You belong, you are less isolated, and then you're less depressed. So it actually it will help prevent uh, serious mental illness, but it also help those who already are suffering to heal. Um, and in addition to that, music also brings attention to causes. So I don't know if you remember in the past when we didn't talk about AIDS the way we did these days, right? Yeah. So the musicians, they went out there and they did some concerts and they put the spotlight on AIDS in a way that we are trying to do with uh, mental illness. Well, I think it's it's mm -hmm. high time this happens. Mm -hmm. The event's taking place at the Heinzman House in Thorndale, which is a great location to do that. I know you've gone to different places. How did it come to be to the Heinzman House this year? Uh, we've been to uh, sorry to the Heinzman House before. It's the first place we went to. It happens to be right around the corner from where I live, so yes. it's very convenient to drag stuff over there. Uh, and also, again, it's it's a beautiful venue. So because of that, it's it's really a good place to raise the image of something. And we're still able to do it at an affordable cost because we don't want to uh, exclude anybody from attending. It's twenty bucks. It's twenty dollars. Now think yeah. about this: twenty dollars. You're at the Heinzman House in Thornhill. You're helping mental health. You're hanging out Lubo Goy and the friends at High Notes at Avante Productions. It can't get any easier than that. Um, all you have to do is go to the website, highnotesavante.ca, get your tickets, be part of a great night. There's food, there's appetizers, there's a silent auction, and there's always great items at these silent auctions that, A, you're going to help raise funds for a great cause, and B, maybe buy something, especially this time of year, that could be a perfect holiday gift coming up the month after. Well, that's what we were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we have, because people are interest of what items we have. So this wonderful station, 105.9 The Region, have offered us a gift card to Moxie Restaurant and a spa. Uh, we have an acoustic guitar from Long and McCade. We have ski passes to Dagmar Resort. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Night pass for the whole year. Uh, Restaurant gift certificate to Terra restaurant, um, Shiseido skincare products, and a lot more arts and uh, tickets to theater and musical events in town. Well, Ingrid, I know you don't do this for yourself, but you should be commended for the efforts to keep this going year after year for helping people with mental health in the region, for going to the efforts to make sure Luba Goy's back every year for doing this. Uh, I, I, since we've been at the radio station, we've been aware of this and been trying to help any way we can with the High Notes production and Avante Productions and the High Notes event for mental health. And uh, you should be commended. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Very welcome. It's the High Notes event for mental health happening Friday, November 22nd at Heinzman House in Thornhill, Lubagoy in France. Great music, great entertainment, and a great way to get the stigma of mental health out of the region and out of there. And as they say, put the spotlight of mental health and touch your soul. Get info and tickets. $20 a ticket. It, it, it costs more not to buy it. Highnotesavante.ca. Check it out. 
New music. New music. A new artist on the feed. We have Chino and Nicole Jascott here in studio. And Nicole just did an amazing performance of their song Honest here at the station, which Chino produced. Hi. Tell us a bit about the song. Well, it was a long process. At first, it just kind of sat with me for a while before I even brought it to to her to sing on it. But I thought she'd be great on the song. And then I kind of messaged her out of nowhere. And then I thought that should be perfect. So then uh, it just kind of went from there. Yeah, and once I once I heard it, I was like, yeah, we need to we need to work on this. We need to write to it. Yeah. Did you both write the song together, or did one of you approach the other with the lyrics? Oh, that that was all, Nicole. Yeah. That, so oh, I, yeah. I once I heard the track, I took it to myself, and it, when I was by myself, I thought about how I was feeling, what I was thinking about, and kind of wrote from there. And he did help me a little bit, so I brought uh, okay. a little bit of it to him, so he could help me <laughs> tweak things. But because yeah, once I'm stuck somewhere, I can't usually think of a solution myself. Right, so right. he did help me with some of it. Yeah. And to see Nicole's performance of Honest, be sure to head on over to york24-7.com. Is this the first time you're working together, or do you know each other from before? Released, yes. We've worked before in the past. Um, about a year or so before we released this song, we worked on like a lot of ideas. None of them really went through. They kind of fell flat on their face. But then this one, it just happened, and then it just kind of skyrocketed from there. And Yeah, we well. both kind of knew that it, this is the one that we were actually going to like pursue and finish, yeah. right? But yeah, we tried. Um, but yeah, we both kind of fell in love with this track, and yeah. How is this collaboration different from any others you've done in the past? <laughs> so <ahead. laughs> I'll speak on this one. Um, for me, um, it was different because we were friends before. Um, we went to high school together. Uh, once we actually started working together was when we actually became friends. So the first time we tried to to create something together was when we actually bonded as friends. Um, that kind of made the process a little bit different from my other experiences with producers. Usually, I will reach out to them, and it'll be for hire. So it, it was just a different connection at first, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then once we started writing, then the process was kind of similar. The only thing was that it was a lot of fun because yeah. we were friends at this yeah. point, right? It, yeah. made, it made it more about actually like creating music and like the actual mm-hmm. like having fun with it rather than like the business side of kind of like selling and like mm-hmm. money and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't about that. Yeah, it was about the was passion. Really, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nicole, I read that you're classically trained in piano, saxophone, and voice. Have those experiences helped shape the artist you are today? So musically, yes. Um, because basically the way I was trained musically with music theory and everything has kind of helped me with how I write. Um, but lyrically, no, because I, I'm obviously I, I don't sing classically anymore. Um, I don't play classically. And sometimes I'll sit in the piano and play something classical, but like... I don't. I tried. I tried to like move away from that once I was finished the training, um, because I know that it's not always <laughs> the most creative route um, for basics and stuff. It was good. It was a good foundation for me um, as an artist, as a singer, as a musician. But I kind of tried to move away from that because I know that there's a lot more creativity outside the walls of classical music. So yeah, it's just a good basis. Chino, how long have you been producing for? Um, I've been doing it for about three to four years, but it's been three to four years of just me self-teaching myself. I've thinking about going to school for it but it's still something that just is on the list right but um yeah about three to four years of just non-stop just constantly learning and how has the journey been so far it's fun it really is fun like um every time i go and i try to make something new even with the song here it's always just a great time just creating something new yeah and in honor of your song titled honest i'm going to ask you both a few random questions to give listeners okay. and fans okay. a chance to get to know you a little bit more <laughs> right okay so what's one thing you can't live without? Mm. I'm going to say music because that's kind of like, that's what I do like most of my, my time. Even though I'm like I'm in school for something completely unrelated to music, it's 
like I always make time for it. So like without music, I don't I don't know what I would do. I'm the same. <laughs> I'm the same. Um, obviously, besides like family and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, but like singing. I yeah. I would say the same yeah. thing with you. You and music. It's me and music, but like singing yeah. specifically, it makes me feel alive. So, what's your biggest pet peeve? <laughs> Hmm. Hmm. You have to think on that one because I'm going to need a second. Mine is like, again, it's so unrelated, but it's people that chew with their mouth open. I can't stand it. I don't know why. <laughs> I, can't, I, I just can't. Whenever That's it, the biggest I, one? Yeah. Don't, hmm. Please don't do it. <laughs> when, when, whenever I hear it, it just drives me nuts. Like I have to, I can't not hear it anymore. It's yeah. in my head. I'm just like, it drives me nuts. Um, I don't know if this sounds bad, but like I really hate having to repeat myself when somebody's not listening. The first time it's just i find it just i wouldn't not listen to you you know so it's like if i'm talking directly to somebody i don't know <laughs> it's just a little thing but <laughs> yeah and what's your favorite tv show that you're currently watching i don't really okay. i don't really watch tv <laughs> i mean i was obsessed with game of thrones now yeah. it's done so i don't really watch anything now yeah i'm not a person either but like netflix like i, I just started breaking bad and I know a lot of people are saying that's an amazing show, and I, I, I can it. agree. It's an amazing show. Yeah, I have I to get on that, too. Yeah. I watched maybe the first two episodes, but mm. that was about it. But it does look actually oh, really Brooklyn good. Oh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes. I was watching. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Silly humor, but I love it. Yeah. It's yeah. great now that you could actually go back and watch the shows. Like, mm-hmm. You don't have to actually watch them yeah, as they're on. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a rarity that we actually watch them as they're on TV, yeah, right? Yeah, it doesn't so, happen anymore. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're both from York Region, right from Vaughn, sorry, Woodbridge. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to do in town? There's escape rooms around that are actually pretty. There's, there's yeah, one. there is yeah. an escape room, yeah. Yeah, I've done it before, and it's I've actually like once. with a group. Have you, have you gone there before? I've, I've gone it's once, pretty yeah. It's fun. It's like really challenging. Where, I, I don't know if we're talking about the same one, but there's one right up this street. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. It's kind of challenging and... I kind of get mad when I can't finish them. Yeah, they're like, fun. Oh, I'm so close. But. Have you guys ever completed one before? Or? No. I have. No. Yeah, yeah same. a couple yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to go with that. <laughs> and if you could have any superpower, what would it be? That's a good question. I mean, I think flying is up there for me. Really? I don't, I don't really have the urge. To fly? To fly. Maybe I was going to say, like, something to do with being able to just, like, solve a... A, an issue like with the snap of fingers or something or like something of flying? Oh, that's good with, yeah yeah or or teleporting yes that okay is that, that would super, be mine is that a superhero yeah like, would that be a superhero yeah right you don't have to worry about anything just just snap your fingers there, you or know, no travel time. time yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well okay. it's i guess similar, similar for what she knows but he chose yeah. flying to get there like, i might i might change my answer to teleporting now yeah okay i get What's one song you wish you wrote, produced, or were featured on? Okay, you, I was you, thinking you, for you, but one. this is not your answer. I was thinking about Takeaway, like that. I thought you. Would oh yeah, Takeaway by Chainsmokers. That's a great song. Yeah. yeah, that's a great song. I'd love to have that as my own song, but I can't mm-hmm. do that. I would have to think because I there's not like I know when people ask what's your favorite song. There's you know, so it's many. So, it's so hard to answer yeah. that. Who's your favorite artist? Do you have one? Uh, favorite artist Ariana Grande. Yeah. So you know what? Probably an Ariana Grande song. Yeah. She's had like massive hits, so oh, yeah. <laughs> she's she's my favorite artist, my idol. Not one in particular, but yeah, yeah. Any one of them, honestly, any amazing. one of them, yeah. any one of them. I love all of them. <laughs> so the new single is honest. It's out. What can fans and listeners look forward to from you guys? Oh, we're definitely working on more stuff. Yeah, it was yeah. so funny. Even like a week after he started sending me more tracks, yeah, I was like, oh, like, oh I, I love those so too. Especially because like it, it turned out so well. Like yeah. when something turns out well, you want to do more, of course. Yeah, right? exactly. So, yeah. Definitely more collaborations between the two Mm -hmm. of us in the future for sure yeah of course
And if listeners want to hear more of your music and connect with you online, where can they find you? Um, I think Instagram is the main one for me, which is just music by Chino, all in one word. Um, yeah, even your Instagram is probably your way. My Instagram as well, Nicole.Jascot, um, J-A-S-K-O-T for that last part. Um, I have music on Spotify and Apple Music, um, which you do as well. Yeah, now we I do are as both well. on yeah. that pl- those platforms, but I only have two singles out. More coming soon, an EP near future, hopefully. Hopefully it's coming soon enough. (laughs) I don't know about you. Yeah, I have singles as well, but just a lot of stuff in the works. Nothing guaranteed yet, but yeah. Great, we're looking forward to it. And here's your first listen to Chino and Nicole Jaskot's latest single, Honest, right here on 105.9 The Region. Thank you so much. That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of the feed or have a story idea or a community event to share, head over to our website, 1059theregion.com. I'm Tina Cortez. Thanks for listening.